0: Hello everyone welcome to a special edition here of the own the moment podcast i'm tj lasik i'll be your host here today we're gonna to be talking a little bit of golf there's been quite a lot happening in the golf universe over just the past week here we've got the the pga tour and live quote-unquote merger i know there is debate as to whether or not it's actually a merger which we'll get into we've got the Canadian Open, which was an awesome finish this past weekend with Nick Taylor becoming the first Canadian to win it in the last 69 years. And to top all that off, it is U.S. Open week and we are here at Own the Moment launching our Blitz Fantasy Golf Pick'em game. Tons to discuss. We're going to break it all down today. And sitting on the other side of the room from me than uh, then, then we're used to at this point, Over from the Rainmakers Pro Podcast, we've got Mr. Coop in the building. Coop, what's going on today? What's up, man? I'm excited for this podcast. Excited to
1: just kind of talk some golf uh super excited for Blitz Fantasy Golf. Uh for those of you who haven't seen it yet, I mean, fun, innovative way for just about anybody uh who's remotely close to the game of golf being able to just jump into a game, have some fun, get some skin in the action. It's always more fun in the majors when you've got a little extra skin in the action or if you've got a golf pool with your friends. This is a way to get some added sweats for Los Angeles Country Club, which it looks to be Absolutely pristine uh, of, uh, of a golf course to take on a U.S. Open. Going to be really fun to see these guys uh, manipulate their way
0: around this venue. Without a doubt. A couple quick programming notes before we get into the show. Uh, first, just want, want to say, so this is going to be, we're recording this live right now on the YouTube channel. It's also going to be posted to the Own the Moment podcast feed. For those of you that have not been keeping up with the DraftKings Rainmakers pg or PGA Tour stuff. Just wanted to quickly highlight everything that we have there. We've been partnering with DraftKings for the past couple of months here, where we've built out our suite of Rainmakers Pro tools, as well as weekly content that we are doing, where we're talking through the Rainmakers game. Uh, essentially, the game is a NFT-based fantasy game where you collect player cards of different golfers from the PGA Tour. You then use those to build lineups and compete in contests to win real money each and every week so you can go ahead check that out it is the rainmakers fantasy golf show so you can check that out on all podcast platforms to get posts there as well as to this very youtube channel and uh we're also gearing up for for rainmakers football which is going to be coming soon so we'll have some information on on our rainmakers football plans but uh yeah check that out and if you have not Yet already signed up for a DraftKings account, you can do so with our promo code. You can also click the link in the show notes. <clears throat> and then, number two, as Coop just mentioned, we have our new Blitz Fantasy brand that has launched over the past two weeks here, and uh, a new golf pick'em game that is fun as a part of that. So you can check that out at otmnft.com/slash/blitzfantasy. We're going to be getting into more of those specifics at the end of the show. We're also going to be opening up a pack and doing a giveaway. So, make sure you hang around and figure out the details there. And that will do it. Well, on top of the Blitz Fantasy, we also, have, or on top of the golf packs, we also have uh, football best ball packs for Blitz Fantasy. So, you can find all of those at the same link. Going to be a fun summer. And uh, Justin and I recorded a podcast last week talking through all things best ball, both Blitz Fantasy best ball, but also some high level strategy tips for both underdog and DraftKings when it comes to best ball. Justin, always the expert there. All right. That does it for the things. Today's agenda, basically three topics. So we're going to start off talking through our thoughts on this PGA Tour, live, merger, situation, drama, whatever we want to call it, and and give our high-level takes on what's going on there, what we think it means for golf as a whole. Going to talk a little bit of the U.S. Open. As Coop said, I've been watching the videos. You got I mean, this happens every year, but you got the people dropping the golf balls into the rough and it just automatically disappearing. Looks crazy out there. Gonna be absolute carnage, but a lot of fun. And then, like I said, the the Blitz Fantasy Deep Dive at the end. So there we have it, Coop. Let's talk. Some PGA tour, some live. I'm just gonna give a quick recap on kind of the situation for anybody that may not be familiar with it, and then we'll get your thoughts after that. But uh yeah. Basically, anyone anyone that's paying attention to the golf world over the past two years, there's been this new tour live that has emerged uh, that is backed by a lot of money from Saudi. And so a number of big name and small name PGA Tour pros have moved over to that tour. So the likes of Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and uh, it has created some drama, created some talk tracks. For sure, we've got our friend Poker Pro Eric here in the chat, who's the, the biggest Live stand I think that we have in our community. And I think in a twist that nobody saw coming, last week we get word that there is going to be some kind of merger happening between the PGA Tour and Live. Although that has been kind of a misconstrued headline in a way, but essentially there's going to be some kind of new tour set up where the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF, who is, is basically the funders of the Saudi money, are coming together to bring everyone back together on one tour. It seems that the players had no idea that this was coming and, and were quite blindsided from it. I know there's a players-only meeting that took place last week. There's been some slight tidbits coming out of that, but not like too, too many formal statements, I think, that I've seen. But uh, yeah, that's the quick summary, I'd say. Coop, what has been your initial reaction to everything going on here and uh, anything I missed and kind of breaking it down? Great summary. To me, there's a variety of conversations
1: that are out there in the golf world these days, the first of which is really about political, geopolitical kind of conversation or banter that happens amongst golf fans and people that like to kind of stir the pot. Um, yeah. And, and to be very transparent and upfront, I mean, there's a lot of political, uh, waters to navigate when we have this conversation, when the Saudis first wanted to get into golf, when live was first, a thing, um, you know, first and foremost, it was, um, it, it, it was the shark who wanted to bring a global uh, professional golf tour to, 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 light many years ago. And then, you know, alongside the Saudi, uh, you know, Greg Norman referring to Greg Norman, the CEO of live golf alongside the Saudi investment was able to start live golf. And I think in the very beginning it was a simple matter of money talks. Uh, you know, I think I've paid more attention to Brooks Kepka. And what Brooks has said than just about anybody else, because he seemed to be able to remove the idea of golf, even entering his brain as part of the the decision. It was a spot for someone like Brooks, who was hurt, wasn't getting a guaranteed paycheck, wanted to play golf to win the biggest tournaments in the world. Didn't necessarily care about the week in week out, T- random tournaments that he would be playing other than to get paid right and on the pga tour these guys are independent contractors they aren't guaranteed money they certainly have sponsorship deals or ways to make revenue off the course but on the course if you don't perform if you don't make cuts you don't make any money and when live approaches somebody and wants to offer you eight Nine figures of guaranteed income to simply do exactly what you're already doing. It becomes a real decision. It becomes a real point in time in your life to change your family's you know, in your own, yo, know, your own, like essentially like where you're going, your own path that you're carving kind of on this earth, on your your own life, essentially. And I think it's so easy to just put sports and athletes on pedestals uh to say, you know. I wouldn't have taken the money and it's a sad thing that you guys have taken this money. And I think that's just a very difficult, easy to, to, to uh, boo from the cheap seats, easy to say what you would do until that situation was real. Um, But yeah, it created a faction, a a fracture, a faction in factions in golf where I think the golf fan was really kind of hurt the most. I think majors uh, were the biggest winner in live golf being a thing because then you had the best players in the world coming back together to play and only four events a year. And, you know, Brooks, very, very uh, eloquently uh, via what he said and via his play has clearly shown that there are guys on the live golf tour who should be playing majors, who are the best players in the world. Um, And, you know, to, to not give them points and there's a whole nother conversation there, but I think as a golf fan, Everyone's paying attention during the majors. You want the best players to be able to play and play, you know, consistently year in and year out. You don't want to have, you know, only a couple of events where these live guys could play their way into majors. So um I think there's a lot of business uh to be kind of intermixed in this conversation as well. Uh, you know, the PGA tour as a business, as you know, sponsors, as money continues to go out to the players. Um, there's a lot of like. Interesting tidbits there. Uh, But yeah, I think the conversation is kind of twofold between golf and then politics and money, essentially. Uh, Between those couple of things, I'd say that's where, you know, me being someone who tries to consume as much of this as possible. That's really where the majority of the conversations go, either about golf and the history of golf and the fact that golf, you know, uh, golfers are going to be playing on the same tour again or about money, politics, what someone should and shouldn't do and you know trying to make personal decisions for others. And I don't I don't think there's really any kind of reason frankly to have that conversation. I think it's a good one. Uh I think it's really a quick one. Yeah. Someone like Phil got paid, someone like Brooks got paid. Someone like Rory, you know, had legacy and history that he wanted to live up to. He has enough money. And you could argue that these guys, quote unquote, have enough money. I think that's such an easy thing to say. If someone's going to pay you to do a job and they're going to pay you 10 times more, it doesn't really matter how much money you have. It's still about getting paid, doing a job, setting up your family. Uh, you know, I think everyone respects somebody like Harold Varner III, who from the jump has basically said, this is a lot of money that I and my family could do a lot of good things with and that I think I can personally change You know, golf. In, in his own way and leave his own impression on the game. So, yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting conversation. Excited to have the conversation with you here today. I mean, what are your takes on just in general, seeing the PGA tour kind of go 180 degrees because there's a lot of different hypotheses that you can uh, conjure up. And there's a lot of different stories out there uh, that are already live about why the PGA tour has officially you know, done a deal with uh, the Saudi uh, PIF money.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's 100% about the money, at least from a decision standpoint. And we, we can talk about what it means for golf. I think I think it should be a good thing for golf because, you know, when all of this shakes out, we'll get all the best players playing together more often again. I have no idea when that's going to happen. And we're still, I mean, there's really not much details that have been shared about about all of this. But, yeah, I mean... It's definitely like to me. Basically, what happened is that the the boss of all the players, like, tried to shame the players into not taking this dirty money, and then two years later turned around and took the money for himself instead. And is like, oh well, I'll take the money, and then and then we'll go from there. So from that perspective, like, I I'm definitely one of the uh, you know I'm I'm not the biggest Jay fan because I think it's a pretty shitty move to to do that to your players. And I don't really think there's a way to, to sugarcoat that or, or try to say like, Oh, he's doing this for the betterment of, of the game or, or for the players. Like, I, I just, I don't see that. And, I, and you know, I'm sure that things changed and this was not his like master plan from the start, but that is basically what it, what it came down to. I think there's also a lesson there from like the players and just in life of like, you know, you, you gotta look out for yourself and be number one. And like, You know, just because you show loyalty to somebody doesn't mean that they're going to show you the same loyalty back. So, you know, for someone like Rory, I think that, you know, that's that's kind of what happened. I mean, he really stuck his neck out for the PGA Tour and then, you know, got kind of slapped in the face, in in my view, in terms of how that one happened there. And I, I feel like there's probably an element, too, of like, okay, PGA Tour the live thing happened. There's all this money involved. They were like, okay, we're going to make these designated events where we're going to put more money into the pot. And maybe they looked at their financials and they were like, well, you know what guys, we actually can't really do this for, for very long. We can't just, you know, give all of the, this money into the prize pools. And you mentioned the things with sponsors, like they probably just started to realize that they were going to get squeezed sooner than later. And also live wasn't going to go away. Right Like you know Victor Hovlin wins a tournament recently. The money's still there. They can still hit up Victor and be like, yo, whenever you want whenever you want your 100 million or, or whatever they're gonna offer him, like you can you can come through here. So I find that to be uh, pretty pretty uh, my, much my take from like a, a business and money side and like yeah, at the end of the day, money talks and um, now the PGA Tour will have access to endless money which you know hopefully is used for the betterment of golf. I think another another take on the situation is like okay, the Saudis clearly are getting and want to be involved in golf and they have all the money in the world. So they will be involved in golf. Why not have them be involved alongside the PGA Tour rather than kind of at odds with the PGA Tour. So that's my general take and you know in a way the guy that that knew this all along was, was Phil Mickelson. I mean, I I, say what, say what you want about Phil Mickelson. And I know a lot of people have their, their takes on him that are not so positive. And I know Phil has done certain things in the past that, that people don't look on super favorably, but like, I do think in, in some kind of like dark night way, this was what Phil wanted to accomplish. He like yes he wanted to secure a bag for himself obviously but i do think he genuinely wanted i felt like he felt like he was getting you know used by the PGA tour his for decades and kind of came to that realization and didn't want the same thing to always be happening to these younger guys coming up and so you know he kind of fell on the sword and became the bad guy that uh, what is what's the batman saying not that not the hero we need but the hero we deserve or something and in kind of like a a, a dark night hero type of way, I think without Phil, none of this ever happens. Right. And, you know, I also wonder, like, I think there were very few people that knew about this deal. I do feel like Phil was one of them based on, I mean, he was, he's been feeling himself on Twitter lately and that's probably why, like, he's probably like, Oh man, I know so much more than all of these other people do. And like, I'm just going to sit here on my high horse on Twitter. But uh yeah, Phil Mickelson, I think is a, uh, a fun character in, in this story that is the PGA versus live.
1: Yeah. And this story, frankly, is just getting started. If you're, if you're following along, this deal is going to get evaluated under, the either I don't know the right government entity here, either the DOJ or Congress for antitrust laws, and and if that violates these antitrust laws, there's there's a long way to go oh, yeah. until this deal is actually a deal. And and frankly, you hear a lot of the PGA Tour players kind of saying these things. You know, they they announced this deal in a in a, in a in a rather rushed way. Potentially, there's speculation that the deal was going to leak and they wanted to get ahead of that leak, which is the reason why, you know, that last Tuesday, this got announced that that same day, Jay Monahan held a players only meeting. And basically the end all be all from the players only meeting was it was a nothing burger. Jay doesn't have a lot of details. There isn't a ton of information about what golf events are going to change. If any, what new events are going to come to the PGA tour. There really is only a few simple details that are known. One, live is an unknown and will be evaluated in the future if you believe what Jay Monahan has said. Two, there is a new entity that will be formed alongside the PGA Tour that will be a for profit entity between. The PGA tour, the DP World tour, and what is the PIF. And Jay keeps saying that it's not a deal with Live, it is a deal with the Saudi public investment fund. Uh, they will be the you know main investor in that new entity. Therefore, they have the chairman of the board who Yasir Al Rumayyan, and everyone that you've seen you know, say that name is basically indicating that he's, he's bought golf, right? That's the, that's the motto out there. And Jay is the CEO. So it's, it's Yasir and it's Jay. And it's a few other kind of business advocates that helped make this deal. One being Jimmy Dunn, who not to kind of enter or wade into the geopolitical waters, but Jimmy Dunn owns a investment banking firm who lost 63 people, uh, on nine 11, which is why, you know, there is a lot of, uh, angst and patriotism that comes into play when Jay uses nine 11, you know, less than a year ago to try to keep his players and try to publicly shame. And, and honestly, there's no other way to kind of say it other than bluntly saying he publicly shamed golfers that, yeah, that that's and the, that's the part to me
0: that is like the, the most messed up of all this is Yeah, like and, and literally shamed people and then turned around and, and took the bag for himself. And I I think there's, there's an element here of like ruthless business people and root and doing
1: ruthless business. And at these levels, you know, I I frankly am unaware of trying to do business at uh, these levels, but I can imagine where, you know, Jay was kind of potentially backed into a corner. He did what he needed to do or did what he felt was right initially, and then had to eat his words uh, less than a year later in order to maybe just survive. And there's a lot of conversation out there. Did the PGA tour have to take this money? Was there, was this really their last option? Is this the only way to make the tour like this? And I think there's a lot of answers to those questions. There's a lot of things where you could say, you know, he had option B or option C or option D. And I'm sure he did, but none of those options one killed the lawsuits that were going to continue on between Live and the PGA Tour, and two, none of those brought about the mount the amount of money that the Saudi Public Investment Fund can bring to the game of golf. So I think it it, it could come down to the fact, and I don't want to be sitting on this show kind of defending Jay uh, because you know first and foremost. Jay Monahan is a hypocrite. He absolutely is a 100% a hypocrite based on the last year of his actions. And it may have been that he needed to be that hypocrite because it's the only way that he could satisfy his position as CEO of the PGA tour. Uh, Unfortunately, business puts you in that situation sometimes when you make wrong decisions and, and maybe he made wrong decisions or said wrong words and he's eating those words uh, right now. But at the end of all of this, whenever we get more details, the thing that I am most interested about is how does golf change going forward? You know, Liv brought a team golf aspect to uh, to golf. And and frankly, I'm not sure that it works, right? Everyone pretty much will tell you that they don't know or, or most of the trolls online will talk about the range goats or torque or cliques. You know, Max Homa famously has his tweet that is, you know, can we go and have a, a name workshop now that we're all friends here? And someone told me WTF is a clique. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of things that could and will likely change with the game of golf. I guess I'm interested, TJ, in your take on you know, if, and when this gets finalized, let's make a hypothesis that the best players in the world are playing under one umbrella, whether that's, you know, name the PGA tour or name something different. I I don't know what the name will be, but like, what do you think will be good in terms of the game of golf for you as, you know, not just a casual observer, someone who's involved now in the business of golf and someone who loves golf as a, as a fan, as a business owner, like what, what are your takes on kind of where golf or where you see golf going?
0: I think it'll all be good when, once the dust settles, I think, you know, it's best to have the best, all the best golfers in the world on the PGA tour competing against each other each and every week, the team golf element. I'm curious to see if they're going to try to, to force that in or not. I agree that, I mean, I didn't pay attention much to live, but. Even people that I know that that were into live, it didn't seem like they were necessarily into it because of the team element. It was just kind of like an aspect of it. That said, we know team golf has been awesome in the past with things like Ryder Cup, and we mentioned it briefly on yesterday's show. But the Canadian Open this past weekend with Nick Taylor winning had a bit of a Ryder Cup team golf kind of feel for it because you've got other golfers celebrating so much that they get tackled by security after after the 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 final four playoff hole so you know i think from from that end in terms of like how the actual game of golf works i don't think it'll change terribly much but you know i do think that we'll probably see more of this designated event type style even in the new structure where they want as often as possible. The best golfers to be competing on the same playing field, and you know, I also think it's a it's a good thing for the world of fantasy golf and golf betting, and you know, all the, all the stuff that we're involved in. I mean, even our our partners over at DraftKings with DraftKings Rainmakers. For them, I mean, at least the surface level, first thought is, well, okay, great, they're going to be able to have Brooks Kepka PGA Tour Rainmaker cards now. That's a that's a big win for that game and you know i don't think there was a ton of volume happening in the fantasy sports and or betting side on live so i don't know that there's a ton being missed out on there and you know fantasy golf is is just more fun when you are familiar with more of the players more of the names when putting you get together your lineups it's great for us and the blitz fantasy game now we'll be able to have major type packs more frequently once we have those stronger fields. So, you know, overall, I I do think that it will be a, a positive for golf. I also just think a ton about golf is going to change in the next five years, not even just like professional golf and PGA tour golf, but golf in general. I mean, there's still that like TGL tiger Rory thing lingering, where they're going to do, be doing whatever on Monday nights uh, from a more everyman standpoint. You've got golf simulators, Top Golf, fancy putting golf, like miniature golf things. All of this stuff is becoming super popular, and it's becoming super popular with more of the the average person. And you know, golf is is becoming a sport that is reaching beyond just the the kind of typical demographic and prototype of person that it it has hit in the past so you know they always say hashtag grow the game and all of that and you can definitely see in multiple pockets and different avenues even outside of professional golf that that golf is growing golf is gaining more and more interest from more and more people and i think as a part of that if these people that maybe are going to top golf are going to a golf simulator they're going to be more likely to watch golf if Brooks Koepka and Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson are on their TV more often. That to me, that's just a a fact. So yeah, when, when the dust settles, um, I'm excited for what it will yield. I I think it, I mean, it's gotta be like at least two years before it settles, right? Like I I don't, I don't envision this like, all right, 2024, here's the new schedule. Like I, I I'd imagine it's at least the 2025 and beyond thing, but who knows? Yeah, they claim it's 2024.
1: I just think that no one knows enough of the details to even have an idea if it's possible to get to 2024. Um, yeah, I, I think your your takes are are really really fun. I, I want to rattle off a couple uh, of my kind of quick takes, if you will, here because I know we want to uh, we want to get in some blitz fantasy action. But a couple things: team golf. To me, you can't make up a team. Of four golfers and say, hey, go use uh Canva and create your own logo or image and uh it's gonna be a billion-dollar franchise. It won't work that way. But a way that team golf becomes a really big thing, in my opinion, in several in, in, in a quick period of time, in call it two, three, four years, because I believe team golf is going to need time to evolve. You will need to explain how team golf works, you will need to kind of have um the the avid fan get on board first before you will get sort of any mainstream attention to team golf but I'll tell you, if Titleist has a team, if Callaway has a team, if Nike comes back and says, we're getting back into golf and we want a team, and Adidas gets a team, and Under Armour gets a team, and all of a sudden, Jordan Spieth is the captain of Under Armour, and Under Armour is going to have an event against Titleist and an event against you know Callaway. And you get these guys really aligned with golf brands, and golf brands, not only brands that are big, but brands who have an affinity, brands who create. Uh, customer experience for their customers. I think that is the way to team golf being a massive, massive thing. Uh, you know, all these guys as individuals aren't going to band together, you know, tomorrow and be able to create a brand even in one year or two years. They need the backing of public big brands in the game that can not only you know, inspire people to want to watch, but can impact merchandise, can sell memorabilia, can sell apparel. Uh, I play Callaway because XYZ plays Callaway is the conversation now, not I play or I wear Under Armour because Jordan Spieth is Under Armour. And that's already a big thing, but it's not a big thing beyond speeth and you know 12 guys maybe 10 guys but and I think the big brands when if and when they decide to get into team golf in a way that like this to me that's how team golf succeeds that's how you see Facilities being created, that's where you see sort of the next level of golf evolution, match play specific to, uh, you know, how you structure like a college event or something like that, where you get Nike versus Titleist and things like that. I think that is to me why team golf is interesting. Um, and then I, I want to circle back to the money really quickly. Uh, you know, I was doing some research on this over the course of, uh, you know, knowing we were doing this pod in, in 2017, 2018, the purses on the PGA tour are as follows. And I'm just going to try to pick out some of the biggest events, uh, Century Tournament of Champions which is the first event of the year in January in Hawaii all the all the champions are back uh 6.3 million Farmers Insurance Open 6.9 million uh WGC Mexico it was a WGC event back then those were the biggest events smaller fields 10 million uh let's see The Masters 11 million The Players 11 million The US Open 12 million uh, let's go some standard events, travelers Championship, $7 million. Uh, so the likes of these PGA tour events, not only, you know, right before COVID, uh, four or five years ago, you know, six, $7 million was a big purse. A small purse was two, $3 million. And that was what PGA tour players were playing for week in and week out. And that's also why, majors were, you know, as important as they are. They were the most, uh, the, the biggest prize pools. Now you get eight elevated events on the PGA tour at $20 million. All of a sudden that's, that's eight plus more events in terms of funding going out from the PGA tour. That doesn't mention that every other event, every other non-elevated event has crept up as well. It's been $8 million purses, $9 million purses for non-elevated events. So I think when you start thinking about money, And how quickly money can add up and expenses add up and the need for sponsors. There was something related to money in terms of why the PGA Tour felt they needed to do this deal. Uh, Every attorney on Twitter would jump in and say, you know, hey, legal fees are being blown out of the water here. And I think that's probably true. Uh, I think they probably had a lot of legal fees, but legal fees are not the reason why the PGA tour decided that they were going to take PIF money. Uh, That's just not the reason, in my opinion. Uh, I think, you know, these bigger prize pools, when you start adding them up and the players want more money, uh, I think that. That, that could lead to some quick decision making, uh, in terms of, uh, what you need to do in order to sustain this. And also they did it pretty quickly. It was, you know, a ramp up to eight elevated events at 20 million event, $20 million per, uh, that's a pretty fast ramp up or pretty big promise, uh, for, for anybody to, to sort of sit in that CEO chair and, and provide. So I, I think there's a, a money path here as to, uh, why the reasons, uh, you know, that they made, the deal. And then lastly, I think the players, the the one thing I'll say about the PGA Tour players, you know, they want their they want their independent contractor status. They want to be able to to kind of have their say so as well. And I think it, you know, I've heard more on this more recently in the last week or so. It's really hard to want both of those things. Being an independent contractor and then wanting a seat at the table you know, beyond the top five to 10 guys in golf, beyond the Tigers and the Rory's and the people who really bring people to the game in terms of eyeballs and how sponsorship dollars get spent, beyond those guys, it's pretty hard to sit here and, you know, sympathize when all that's happened for a PGA Tour player is purses have increased and they've gotten a little less say maybe. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. It's hard to, it, it, I see both sides of the argument. And to me, it's a great time for the players to think about banding together and creating a union. Uh, maybe there's better conversation. Maybe there's more known between the players and the PGA tour. If there is a union in place, you know, baseball has a union uh, you know, all the major league sports have the players association that they have their stands and there's you know agreements that get made and things like that. So maybe it's time for golf to think about that. So I don't know. Those are some of my quick takes here for how golf is changing. Um, but man, it's, uh, never been more of an exciting time to be a golf fan and someone who likes the back and forth and the business angle of all these things. So yeah, fun, fun stuff ahead.
0: Yeah. We'll keep, keep tracking down everything that's going on. I'm sure more information will, will come out eventually, but likely to be some time. All right. We're going to transition here to talk some OTM. Blitz Fantasy. Pretty pretty pumped about this one. We've uh again, we've got our best ball packs live now. Let me go ahead. I'll I'll share my screen here. So for anybody that is listening back to this on the podcast, you, you may want to head on over to the YouTube channel for the remainder of the show. There's also going to be a, a YouTube element with the giveaway. If you want a chance to win the pack that we're about to open, so here we have it. Blitz Fantasy over at otmnft.com slash blitz-fantasy. This is our pack-based suite of fantasy sports games in the lobby right now. We've got our June best ball contest for the upcoming NFL season. Already have over 270 entries into that one with, uh, what's that, over over 26,000 gold up for grabs and prizes. One thing about these contests is that 100% Of the gold that goes into the pack purchases also goes into the prize pools. And for this Thursday, we've got our U.S. Open Golf Pick'em Packs available for sale. How this game works for Golf Pick'em is that you're going to open up a pack. In each pack, there are 20 golfers, five golfers from each of four different tiers. So we set four tiers of golfers, tier one, tier two, three, four based on the odds of the upcoming tournament. So the top 10 golfers are in tier one. The next 15 are in tier two, the next 25 in tier three, and then the final 25 in tier four. So 75 golfers total, not every single person in the field will be in the pick'em packs. We're only pulling in the top 75 golfers in odds. And so here we go. Also, if you happen to be somebody who completed the March or April or was it April or May, April or May checklists, I think it was March or April, March, or March, April March, April, March, April. Yep. You will have received an airdrop pack for an additional contest. That is, is a free entry there. So go on over, check out your packs section to see if you have anything in there. There was also some other opportunities to win packs, whether it was in the poker game that we had last week or the hoops contest that we had, and also more reason to just pay attention to everything that we have going on because over over the next three months here, as we ramp up towards football season, going to be plenty of opportunities to to win giveaways, to get involved, get some free packs. But let's uh, let's go ahead, open up a golf pick'em pack, walk through the flow and the process, and uh, one lucky winner will end up with this pack in their account prior to the contest locking on Thursday. So here we have it start open with a nice acting experience always love to see that we got the music vibing but i'm gonna go ahead and mute the music and here we are with our four tiers of golfers so the top row is everybody in tier one second row third row fourth row etc also separated by each color and then we just open. Oh, up baby! One by one, Rory. Oh, McElroy, Rory, my winner pick as of yesterday, my first one in my pack. John Rahm, another one of my favorites here. Max Homa, Cameron Smith, and Xander Schauffele. You'll also notice that we do put the odds for each of the golfers. And really, our goal with this is to to make the game as simple as possible, even for somebody who maybe is is new to fantasy golf and doesn't know everything about all of these golfers. So giving you that information so that you can take a look at the players that you have in your pack and then make your lineup accordingly. How it will work is that after you open these, you're going to end up taking three out of the five golfers from each of these tiers. So in our tier one, Rory, John Rahm, Max Homa, Cameron Smith, Xander Schauffele. Let's go ahead and open our tier two. Now we've got Bryson DeChambeau, Sam Burns, Cameron Young, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Jason Day. On to the next one, and then we'll we'll kind of talk through the lineup after that. Tier three: Adam Scott, Denny McCarthy, Emiliano Grio, Gary Woodland, and Patrick Reed. And then the final one: Lucas Herbert, Adam Hadwin. Shout out Adam Hadwin, Andrew Putnam, J.T. Poston, and Jordan Smith, who I have no idea who. Who Jordan the hell is Smith Jordan Smith? Is. <laughs> Literally, I have no idea who that is. I think this is a great
1: uh, kind of segue or, 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 you know, explanation as to why we also limit to seventy-five golfers. The goal is for people to know the majority of guys in their pack, right? Uh, and that's also why we've separated the tiers based on size. You know, you want we want you to get guys in tier one that you want to play but also where you have to make some strategic decisions. I mean, this is actually a really tough decision, in my opinion, in tier one here. And we have the odds there for the people that just want to play the best plays and then sweat the tournament uh, by playing the best plays, trusting the Vegas odds makers to guide them in their lineup lineup making decisions. But yeah, in, in group four, if we didn't limit to 75 golfers, most golf tournaments are 130-plus, sometimes 140-plus golfers, uh, you would be getting the likes of a guy who – has random PGA Tour starts, uh, has you know sponsors, exemptions, things like that. So we limit to Top 75 to try to give you guys as much uh, players that you know uh, and who you want to play as possible. So just uh, some explanation and some reasoning there. Uh, but easy to just cross off Jordan Smith. I don't know who that is. In,
0: in Literally five. have <laughs> never heard of Jordan Smith, although he has better odds than JT Poston somehow not ideal for my guy (laughs)
1: postman not ideal
0: so here we have it then you get on over to the lineup builder screen where you can now select three of the of the five golfers in each of the tiers so i think we're, we're we're locking in ram and rory to start here and then uh all right Coop, zander cam smith or max homa who you like in this week at the u.s open
1: Yeah, I I think this is an interesting decision. I think most people would just jam Xander here, right? Best odds by a good bit. Uh, I I think Cam Smith and Max Homa are both really good targets for this golf course. I actually would prefer playing Cam Smith here uh, because I think you're going to need to putt. Los Angeles country club, and I'll take cam Smith's short game and putting, uh, over Xander and, uh, Homa. And I don't think you need to be that great off the tee, uh, around here. So I'll, I'll take cam Smith, uh, shout out live live guy. Uh, I think too many people give Xander too much credit, but every time I
0: say something like this, uh, Xander will be top three this weekend. just uh, book it now. <laughs> there we have it. So John, Ron, Rory McIlroy, Cameron Smith, now, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Bryson DeChambeau, Cameron Young, Jason Day, Sam Burns. Really, really tight grouping here. Uh, five solid, solid guys that we could go with here. Bryson coming off a nice performance at the PGA Championship. Matthew Fitzpatrick with the best odds in this group. Jason Day with a win recently. What are you Fitzpatrick also here? defending
1: here. Uh, U.S. Open,
0: uh, mm. last year's U.S. Open Championship. Right, I think we got to lock in uh, Fitzy but- to start. Yeah, I lock, lock in, in fifty.
1: I'm xing Cam Young. Uh, don't think his game is anywhere near as sharp as it needs to be in order to win a U.S. Open. Uh, you know, this is fantasy golf, so you don't need to win. Uh, but I, I think you need guys at the top of the board to, to, to be able to kind of take this contest down. So I'm xing Cam Young here pretty quickly, and then I think, I don't think the golf course really sets up well for Bryson. Uh, usually. Uh, better when you can drive and gouge it. And and maybe you can a little bit around here, but I think it requires a lot more uh, entire bag play. So I like Jason Day, and I think Sam Burns is playing really good. Uh, I'm usually not a Sam Burns guy, but I I think he's playing pretty good. So I'm uh, favoring the end of the odds board there, but I like Day and Burns here.
0: There we have it. Fitzpatrick, Jason Day, and Sam Burns. Now in the next tier, we've got Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, Denny McCarthy, Gary Woodland, and Emiliano Grio, i am definitely going to lock in adam scott to start we talked about him yesterday on the rainmakers fantasy golf show i think we're both pretty pretty big on on adam scott and i mean patrick reed we, we, we might have to give a, a live guy some love here got him at plus 7500 i think of this group if anybody was going to be able to perform in a major it, it would be patrick reed so i completely I'm gonna, agree i'm going to agree with there that. And then uh you got your final three here. Denny, Gary Woodland, and your boy Emiliano Grillo. Who you going with? Man, I'd love to go with Grillo,
1: but uh I, I don't think I don't think we can do that. I think we gotta I think we gotta go
0: Denny McCarthy here. Uh-oh. Uh just uh what happened here? What do we time out? Is that a thing? <laughs> Technical difficulties. Okay, so you, so who who uh I I I, mean, I, I think we go out. Denny
1: I think we go Denny McCarthy there.
0: We go, Denny. Okay. All right. It came back. It came back. Okay. Be back. Brief. Brief. Technical difficulty there. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what just happened. All right. So we've got Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, and Denny McCarthy, and then the final one: Lucas Herbert, Adam Hadwin, Andrew Putnam, Jordan Smith, and JT Poston. I am gonna take Adam Hadwin. You, you just have a, I think it's, it's the best pick in there here. The, the narrative coming off of, you know, that, that big tackle on the, on the, <laughs> hopefully, he's hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully his shoulders feeling good. <laughs> uh
1: I've been big on Lucas he Herber i've been big on lucas herbert this year uh actually thought he was going to get himself into the masters uh fun fact he he missed the masters by one uh place in the world golf rankings top 50 in the world get into the masters he was 51 at the time of the cutoff so i I like his game big guy can play well uh throughout the bags i like him and then yeah i think it's a question putnam or jt Poston? putnam clearly playing better golf uh right now i think down here in tier four happy to let the odds dictate you know where we go uh you could always catch uh, a little bit of uh golf variance or be on the right side of golf variance, but not many people are going to click Andrew Putnam in my opinion. So you just let the pack gods of blitz and the odds dictate where you go here in tier four, in my opinion.
0: There we have it. So we have final finalized our lineup, as you can see, super quick and easy game to play, which is, is, is definitely the idea here. And uh, you know, really able to, put together lineups in a quick way you could do them even quicker than we just did right now just going through zooming through pick your 12 golfers move along this pack will end up with one lucky listener now how do you enter the giveaway here's what we're going to do we are about to shut down this show and you're going to go ahead leave a comment in the YouTube channel, so after we not in the chat here live, but after we shut down the broadcast, head on over to the YouTube video in the comments, drop us who do you think is going to win the u s open and also leave us your your o t m username if you want us to be able to get a hold of you or discord name or if your YouTube name is clear enough, some method for us to get a hold of you, so your u s open winner pick a way for us to contact you. We'll go through tomorrow, and we will pick a lucky winner. We will get that pack over to you before the contest locks on Thursday, and you will be competing in the 99 Gold Contest for all of the gold in the prize pool. So there we have it. Coop, I see that you may have a, a chat. Okay, I didn't know if you were had, good. You were, all right, we're good. <laughs> Any final thoughts for the people as we close down the show? No,
1: I, 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 I think great conversation, tons more happening in golf, uh, check out TJ and I on Mondays, we do the rainmakers fantasy golf show, but we, on that show, we typically try to, uh, give some golf takes and talk about what's relevant in the world of golf. So, uh, tune in on Mondays for that show. And yeah, super excited for blitz. Uh, I I'm jealous. I can't play blitz because I love the pack opening experience alongside some strategy in terms of how you're picking golfers, but enjoy it. Get into that contest. 100% of the pack purchases going to the prize pool, which you don't see anywhere else in the industry. So head on over to otmnft.com slash Blitz Fantasy and uh, enjoy yourself some Blitz. Enjoy the US Open. And uh, yeah, exciting to see uh, and watch the leaderboard to see who ends up at the top
0: of the board. There we have it. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Remember to leave your comment with your winner pick in the YouTube notes. Like the stream, all of that good stuff. And we will catch you next time. On behalf of Coop, I am TJ. Go Rory.